Hello, and welcome back to No Matter Where, No Matter When podcast. If you haven't been listening, you really should. Um, But if you haven't, I'm Allie. And I'm Amber. Um, And today's topic is is going to be long-distance relationships. Now we can go into this with like a little... Background? Yeah. So... We decided to do this because over the course of our now 15-year friendship, we have both dealt with long-distance relationships in different magnitudes, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's just kind of something we wanted to talk about because it's a very, for Ali especially right now, it's a very <laughs> hot topic. Um, I also think it's an important topic, even if I wasn't going through what I'm going through. I think it's important because... I feel like there's this like almost taboo thought that long distance relationships are impossible or they can't work. Yeah. And you know that they have no future. So why get into them? And I, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I think at one point I might have, Yes, but I, I don't agree with that now. Um, I guess background of my situation is I got into a long distance relationship with someone in Canada and by far the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. Agree. Um, and it ended recently, so I'm having a very hard time right now. Um, but even though it ended, it's something I think is worth talking about because it was working, even with the distance. And also, you know he's an incredible person and you know as much as it sucks that we're not together now and how much I really wish that it had worked or that he comes back um it's a it's a relationship that I cherish and I don't have many relationships that I cherish I think the only one I would cherish is the one from New York that's just you know he saved my life and he was my best friend yeah but you know other than that I don't really have any relationships that I could say that I cherish the memories with him I really do and you know as much as I'm hurting um I really value what he gave me and how he treated me and the position he had in my life so so I mean we can jump right into it So we can talk about the hardships that obviously come with being in a long distance relationship, Mm -hmm. the ups, the downs, the, there is a lot. This is one of the things we will talk about where there actually is a lot of gray area that you may not even think would be a gray area, but it is. So Mm -hmm. Allie had her situation. And then, you know, for those that are listening that personally know me, um, you haven't listened to our intro episode go uh but I have been with my husband now 14 years in total yep but we have been married for 11 and the first our daughter is uh gosh she's gonna be seven and a half her half birthday's coming and it's coming quick I love that you celebrate half birthdays. <laughs> thanks um so the first five and a half years of her life My husband did not live at home. Um, He worked out of town for, obviously, you know, he was providing for our family. 
Um, and it was very difficult. Yeah. So I think, you know, giving your perspective as far as like just a dating perspective mm -hmm. and my perspective as being someone who was married in a long distance relationship is something that kind of brings a little difference in our podcast. Yeah. Um, but I feel like even going through the phases of our life, talking about long distance, because you did quite a few before yeah. Kyle, I had two that were long distance. Yeah. I mean, and I, they I weren't necessarily too. long distance as like states away. Oh no, that's me. But, uh, we were separated for periods of time because we lived in different counties or we lived in different cities or whatever it may be. Um, so Ali's more of the well-rounded, again, this is why she is the where of the podcast. <laughs> um, as far as even her relationships have taken where they're from where? No. Um, well, I mean, not all of them. I mean, no. when I was in New York, part of the time we were together, I was in Florida, mm -hmm. and then for a very small time of our relationship, I was in England. Yes. And then the relationship after that, the first year of the relationship, I was in England. Yeah. So, you know, it's... Yeah, I really need to stop moving. Um, well, I mean, New York has a special place in your heart, because aside from the one we're speaking about, yeah, there were also two more that were in New York. Yes. One rests his, his soul, but yeah, the absolutely. other was a, I mean, there were hardships with that. Well, yeah, but also there was hardships with him because he's an asshole. Well, yes, but I mean, as far as being in a long distance relationship and trying to make it work. Yeah, but so. And the, and the level that you were at. That I was at, though, he was not. Clearly, because it didn't work out. Well, also because, you know, you don't text your girlfriend and say, congratulate me. I just had sex with my 200th partner. Oh She's a stripper in Canada. So, yeah. I still no. don't know what strippers smell like. <laughs> but, you know, that relationship didn't work. I mean, I moved to New York to be with him. And then that ended very abruptly after yes. I got there in a very toxic way. But, you know, he was a toxic person. And, yeah. you know, but the other long distance relationships I've had, you know, the, the second one in New York, he, he was great. You know, when we were apart, it was I, I knew I could trust him. I knew that things were good. And I knew, you know, we took time to see each other. He came to Florida. I went to New York. And it was a good relationship until the dynamics changed. changed. You know, when I got into recovery, the dynamics of what our relationship had been for four years was just completely different. Yes. So, and then I ran away, you know, he wanted marriage and he wanted kids and he was ready for all that. And I was not at all. And I ran and I ran as far as I could. And, you know, eventually the relationship ended. And the hardest part of that for me was losing the friendship, I think. Yeah. Cause he was absolutely my best friend. And, uh, but you know, he's, found the perfect woman for him now and you know his soulmate and he's happy and I couldn't be happier for them yeah um but you know with this long distance relationship you know it was just different like he he is different yeah you know I he didn't need me which is weird for me because every guy I've dated has needed something yes. for me or used me for something or you know needed me to be a certain way and with him, he did not need me. No. You know, he loved his quality time with himself. And, 
you know, spending time alone because he felt that was, you know, the best time for him to thrive and think. And, you know, he was with me because he wanted to be with me. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't, he never asked me for money. He never asked me for anything. Like, you know, everything I gave to him, you know, love, gifts, um, going to Canada the few times that I went, everything I gave to him was because he deserved it. And it, it mattered that I could give him those things. And it mattered more because he didn't ask for them. Yeah. And that was very different. And I think the hardest part of that relationship for me was the fact that he's the type of person, like, I never got tired of. Mm-hmm. Like I loved being around him for the time that I got to be with him. Like if he smiled, like, like my whole body smiled. I don't know how that's possible, <laughs> but it did. Toes. Like dude had the most perfect smile. And like, if he laughed, I laughed. Like I was just so happy whenever I was with him. And I honestly, like I, he he could have smiled and I was just like, okay, I'll go rob a bank. Um, <laughs> and like, you know, it was just, it was different and so exciting in a way because I got to be with someone that I knew appreciated me. I knew loved me. I knew cherished me. I knew, you know, I could trust. I, I believed the things that he said. And even now, you know, things are over, but I don't think he ever lied to me. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that there was ever a time where you know he was going behind my back or anything like that like I fully believe in him Mm -hmm. and have faith in him and that made for a very different type of long distance relationship because I feel like that trust is a very hard thing with long distance relationships because I feel like you know on the one hand you know he's in a different country yeah like we're separated by many, many miles and a lot of snow. <laughs> and so, you know, if he was doing something there, one, I would never know. Yeah. And two, it's almost like a part of me was like, it's almost okay. Mm-hmm. Because we were not married and we were separated by a lot. And I felt like even if he was sleeping with someone else, which again, I would have never known, but I don't think he was. But even if he was, I had confidence in how he felt for me. Yeah. And I knew that that was different than how he felt for anybody else. And I mean, obviously in your situation, if Kyle had had an affair or anything like that, that's a no-go because that's, you know, you're married. Yeah. It's a little different. Yeah. But for me, you know, I... You know, he could have slept with, you know, all of Quebec. And, you know, I, I not, I'm definitely not one to judge. Um, but also, it doesn't take away from what we had. Yeah. If that did happen. Um, and even now with everything that's going on and the fact that I don't get to talk to him anymore and I don't get to see his smile, like, I still have confidence in how he felt for me. And yeah. I still believe in that. And... You know, it's long distance relationships are not easy. And I think for us, it was also difficult because of the differences in background. Yes. 
you know, with with having very come from very different backgrounds, very different countries. You know, he's from Morocco, as I sit here and drink my Moroccan tea <laughs> from the teapot that he got me. Um, you know, it, it's just very different cultures. And, you know, his family believes one way, my family believes another. And, you know, for us, that didn't matter. Yeah. You know, we had our own personal beliefs, our own personal values, and I feel like they meshed really well. And, you know, we talked about what marriage would be like, and we talked about what raising kids would be like. And, you know, I I think we agreed on a lot. And I think that there, on the things that we maybe didn't fully agree on, there was room for compromise. But, you know, I understand that probably we deal with a lot of adversity yeah because of the backgrounds and the cultures we've come from but honestly for me I didn't care like for me I believed and I still do that us together as a team we could have gotten through that and we could have gotten past that and found a way because you know I know that love isn't everything but you know, I love him. I respect him. I honor him. I was loyal to him. There was more to our relationship. Just like, Oh, I love you. I love you too. Like it was, you know, it was grounded in respect and honesty and love and appreciation. And I feel like if you have those things, you have a really good foundation for something that can last. Yeah. Even through the distance. I agree. And I think, you know, when you factor in, you know, again, my long distance relationships are very different than yours Mm -hmm. because we're not talking countries. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not even talking different states. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I like to go big or go home, you know? (laughs) Go all in. Yep. Um, I think, you know, that will also play a factor. Now, you know, when you look into – the different lifestyle you were living, even when you were in England, trying to have a relationship with someone back here, you're talking about time zones that you have to yeah, go through different schedules. You're on different schedules because you're on different time zones. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you start to develop. There's different cultural expectations when you move to different places that you have to factor in as well on top of your own cultural mm-hmm. differences. So I think when you talk long distance relationships, there's a lot in your case that factors in. Um, I really do think though, this has always been my logic, even as through the hard years that I had even in my marriage with Kyle. Um, If you're willing to put in the work and do it as a team, I feel like it will work. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, looking back, my very first, like, real relationship mm-hmm. that I was ever in was with my ex, Ray. Yeah, We've okay. talked about him. Yeah, of course. Um, and it was long distance because um, I was 15. <laughs> uh, he was 14, 13. Yeah, I like him young, just yeah. in case you didn't know. Uh, Legally young. Because <laughs> that just he sounds bad. He lived in Hialeah. That's like another country. And I, <laughs> no offense to anybody that lives in Iolia. Uh And I lived in Pembroke Pines. But the way that we saw each other was because his parents were separated. 
So when he would come and be with his mom on the weekends, that's initially how we met. And I was basically living at my aunt's house Mm -hmm. and his best friend lived behind my aunt. And that's how we met. Um, So there's a lot that factored into our relationship, but I think even looking, you know, when we talk about the age difference, looking at my relationship when I was 15. Yeah. As opposed to when I was with Kyle and married. And, you know, a lot of people were like, well, you were married. You had no choice. I did have a choice. Of course. Um, I chose to fight through the distance between my husband and I. And we're not talking, again, a drastic difference. But when you're talking about both of us were working full-time jobs. We have a child. I had We had a very young child. He left a month after her first birthday party. So when you factor in, you know, all of those things, me handling a long distance relationship at 15 to a marriage, two completely different spectrums. Of course. And I think even with your relationships, looking back, I mean, when you look, your long distance relationships that you had in college. Yeah. Because she had a few. I did. (laughs) College and grad school. And grad school. Compared to where you are now. And again, the partners make a difference. Definitely. Um, You know, when I was 15, no one could tell me that I was not in love. Granted, we were on and off for a good four years. Yeah. And I feel like when you're that young, that's a long time. It is a long time. Yeah. Um, So it was very different. and But I think a lot of it stays the same. So I always said that long distance relationships, there's a lot like the ground of what you crave kind of is the same. You immensely miss that person and everything about them. Yep. You like the stupid things that annoy you, you start to miss the little things like their smile, their laugh. I mean, I used to even go as far as the nights that were really difficult. I would literally spray my pillow with Kyle's cologne and run it through the dryer because you know, he sweats because he works outside. Yeah. So it smelled like him. I get that. And I, there would be, this is going to sound so disgusting. I can't even believe I'm saying this out loud. (laughs) Um, There would be like a time where I would go like three weeks without washing his pillow because it still smelt like him. Yeah. And it sounds so morbid when you think about it. Like he died, but he didn't. I just, you know, he didn't get to come home. It was very rare, especially in like the first year, year and a half that he really got to come home and enjoy our, our house that we built together. Yeah. So I feel like missing that person immensely is a big one. Your communication changes mm-hmm. and it has to, because when you think about it, you're not physically with that person every day. Yeah. Your communication has to change. Yeah. So, um, and we'll get into the hardships, you know, of my long distance, but with Kyle and I, that was a big struggle. Yeah. Because I will communicate everything and he is not one to communicate at all. Canada was the same way. He so, he, he shuts down yeah. when he's upset and he shuts down when he's angry. And I'm the type of person, one, I need to communicate. Yes. If something is wrong, I want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And two, I needed to know he was okay. Yeah. You know, like I, I, with the situations that were going on in his life, I knew about them. He did confide in me sometimes. But when he would get angry or say he had a bad day, I just needed to know he was okay. And sometimes I pushed way too hard. Not even a little too hard. I pushed way too hard. 
Um, just because I really just not because I was being needy, not because I needed attention, not any of that. It was solely because I needed to know that he was okay. Yeah. Because that was important to me. And be, you know, I feel like the one flaw in the relationship was the communication, which is Mm -hmm. a big one because we were far apart. Yeah. But like thinking about it, like I'm trying to think if there's anything he did, like when we were together that annoyed me, like, I don't think so. I found like everything he did really cute. (laughs) The communication. That was your biggest annoyance. That was honestly the biggest thing. It's like, even like, he would play rap music to try and annoy me. <laughs> and it would just make me laugh. Yeah. Because it, it was never like a malicious thing. It was never a like, oh, we're going to listen to rap music because I want to listen to rap music. He did it knowing that it was probably going to get turned off. But it made him smile, which made me smile. And, you know, I remember this one time he was standing in the kitchen making dinner and he was doing something on his phone. I think he was trying to figure out like what the next step was in making the dinner yeah and he was like pointing at the screen like he was typing into a calculator (laughs) and I just like watched him and I was just like it's the weirdest thing but I was just like I don't think I could love this person more yeah and it was something so stupid but I was just like that's just so cute and like everything he did was cute and yeah I think honestly if I had to pick one thing that not annoyed me but I was just like was he drinks way too much coffee oh okay and like there's coffee cups everywhere in his car and like i don't you know i understand that people you know leave things in their car i have like groceries in my car right now (laughs) um nothing perishable don't worry um but yeah no i've been there for like three days because i'm not doing shit right now but um you know like I feel like that's the only thing. And that's not even a big thing. Like, I don't care. I can just move it to the side, put my feet in. It's fine. And I sit on my feet anyways. But, yeah, no, there was nothing that really bugged me about him except the communication. Yeah. And. I feel like in a long-distance relationship, that's huge. Yeah. And there were some. There were some times where I would be able to say, like, listen, like, we need to communicate more. Like, this is bothering me. Yeah. And. I don't think he liked confrontation because he never responded to those text messages, but the behavior would change. Yes. So it was almost like he was responding by acknowledging what I was saying and making more of an effort. Okay. So, and I appreciate that because like we spoke about in the last episode, I don't do well with confrontation Mm -hmm. either. I, I'm very much like if there's going to be a fight, I don't want to have it. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've been in fights. I've been in arguments. There was one argument I got in with with uh, New York where I screamed so loud my throat started bleeding. Oh my goodness! Um, I think I that I is that. yeah. I think that's the worst argument I've ever been in in my entire life, and I feel like it's maybe like one of like five I've ever been in in my entire life. Like I don't, I don't like confrontation. So yeah. I get that. And honestly, I just appreciated that in his way, he acknowledged what I needed at that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'll be the first person to admit, like, I, you know, like every woman, I like attention. Yes. You know, I, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I go through spurts because of the fact that I'm an introvert. 
I go through spurts where I'm like, don't touch me. Don't come near me. I need to be by myself right now. And then other times where I'll like hop on your lap and be like, me, 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 me. It's me time. Give me attention. I need all of your love. Mm-hmm. I'm like a cat. Um, but that's hard to do when you're in a long distance relationship yeah. because you can't just jump on their lap. You can't just snuggle up to them. You know, it's, it makes it very hard to fill those needs and you have to fill those needs in other ways. So that was another one that I was going to bring up. Intimacy. Yeah. So missing the person, communication, and intimacy. When you're in a long distance relationship, sometimes you kind of have to get creative. Yep. But you also have to savor those moments you are physically with that person. 100%. Because maybe it's you don't know when the next time is going to be. Yep. Um, or maybe you do and it's a long period of time. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing to shift that focus? but still keeping it present in your relationship because at the end of the day, I don't care what anybody says. And it took me a long time and I struggled with this. This will get more into it as we get into the podcast. Um, putting intimacy in the forefront yeah. of my relationship. And, you know, you had a mind shift with intimacy, intimacy as well, you know, where sometimes you see it as like an act of doing something Instead of yeah. it meaning something. Yeah, I think I think because of my history and because of things that I've gone through, intimacy is a very strange thing for me. Yeah. You know, I've I've never I've never thought of sex as really something that's intimate. I've very rarely thought of kissing as intimate, you mm-hmm. know. I've kissed girls, I've kissed guys, <laughs> I've you know, don't really care. Yeah. Um so it's it, it was never really a thing. Mm-hmm. And sex was, you know, something you you just for, for fun. It's, yeah. It's cardio. Um, but, you know, with, with Canada, it's very different. You know, any intimate moment with him was special. And, you know, and I, I know I was telling you about this earlier. Like, every kiss with him, like, felt like it, like, altered me. Yes. In a way. Like, I, I, I cherished every single moment I had with him, you know, like if we were sleeping and he reached for me in the middle of the night, I remember like it would wake me up because everything wakes me up. But having him so close to me, I remember I would just like lay there and just like smile Mm -hmm. and then I'd fall back to sleep. And I don't like when people touch me when I sleep. I like to be on my own. But with him, like I slept the best I have ever slept yeah. When I was in his arms. It's that safe space. Absolutely. He was home. Yeah. He was safe. And, you know, and it was easy. And, you know, like, I think that's one of the hardest parts with long distance. And also now that it's over is that, that home feeling, mm-hmm. you know, it's gone. Yeah. You know, I, I'll never be like, we were watching Sex and the City, Sex in the City last night. And, you know, like in that nook. Yep. Like she talks about being in Aiden's mm-hmm. nook. Yeah. And like, I won't be in his nook anymore. Yeah. And, you know, and you were talking about not knowing the next time you'd see them. You know, I probably may never see him again. Yeah. So, you know, that last trip I had to Canada and the last time I got to be with him, I didn't know that was going to be the last time. Yeah. So, and I think I sit here a lot in the last couple of weeks thinking about that, like 
what would I have done differently if I had known that was going to be the last time that I would see him? Yeah. And the last time I would be with him and the last time I would spend a night with him and, you know, the last time I would see his smile or, you know, hear his laugh. And, you know, I, I have voice messages on my phone. I have pictures. I, I have those memories, but it's not the same. No. It's... And that's a big thing too. And then I think, you know, another one too is your needs. Mm-hmm. Your needs, you know, go, of course, along with intimacy and communication. But when you are in a long distance relationship, I feel like it's important that both of your needs are being met. Of course. You know, sometimes there's just the reassurance that you've been talking about of just knowing, you know, I know you're pissed off or I know you're going through something, but I just need reassurance to know you're okay on my end because that's what brings me peace or vice versa. Or, you know the feeling of knowing that your partner can be trusted or still wants to be with you or that, you know, that those little things, you know, I have always said I am big on physical touch. My husband will probably tell you different because I've probably told him to get the fuck off of me a bunch of times. (laughs) Um, But I'm get overstimulated. So that's where that comes into play. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I am a very physical touch person and I think being away from Kyle I never realized how codependent I was um, until we had to start sleeping apart. Yeah. And, you know, now, thank goodness, he's home a lot more and the jobs, you know, if he does have to go away, he's like, no, I'm staying in a hotel. You're coming up this weekend because we don't want to go through that same pattern that we did. Because it was very, those five years that we lost was very very hard on our marriage I mean there were talks of divorce there were talks of moving there were there was a lot that came into play yeah and you know it wasn't I think until we had our final blow I would Mm say um during the pandemic that we really started to appreciate each other yeah and understand that both of us have needs that have to be met and there has to be a compromise in the relationship. And I think once, you know, he started realizing how hard it was on me, you know, I was always the one going and I, I've always said that about you. And we, we said it in the other episode, you know, we give 110% always, we're never half-assing anything. I mean, within reason, there are things we have to ask because we don't want to do it. But when it comes to our relationships, friendships, relationships, Mm -hmm. it is never half-assed. Never. It is always 125,000% because that's just the kind of person that we are. Yep. So, um, you know, he had to realize that very quickly in our relationship that it can't always just fall on one person. Yeah. It Oh, goodness. It has to be, you know, a compromise. And it's not... I'm not, and this isn't a married woman preaching that marriage is 50-50. No, it's any relationship. It's friendship. It's, you know, your family, Mm -hmm. even family. There's family, you know, that I don't speak to because, and they get mad. They're not involved in the kids' lives. But where the hell are you? I can't be the old one that's always driving to meet you. I can't be the only one making plans. I can't be the only one picking up the phone. I can't be the only one communicating. You know, it has to. It's a two way street. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important too. So we can kind of like go into breaking those four down of, you know, missing the person, 
communication, intimacy, and then your needs throughout. Yeah. And I think when it comes to needs, I wasn't always good at that. And I I can accept that and I can admit that, you know, I, and it's because the only time he really seemed to need space was when something was wrong. Yeah. And for me, I want to fix everything. Mm -hmm. I want him to be okay. I want, you know, to snap my fingers and click my heels and for him to never be sad or angry or anything ever again in life. You know, I, um, so it was very hard for me to give him space, especially when things were going wrong. And I, I definitely went over the top trying to fix and ended up causing a problem. And I, I definitely have learned that. And I definitely appreciate that I, I may have stepped the wrong way mm-hmm. at times. But, you know, that is a need that he had was to have that space. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't good with that. Like it was not like I wasn't good with it. Like I didn't agree with it. It was just that it was hard for me. But I think that plays into a part of your needs. Yeah. Because you need the constant reassurance. Yes. And that is one of your, it's just your, your, it's just my personality. Yeah. It's it. And it's not like I need him to, or anybody to like text me every day, by the way, I still love you. No, it's not that type of reassurance because like I said, there was never a moment where I didn't think he loved me. Yeah. Even now things are over and I still look back and think he loved me. Yeah. Um, it's the reassurance that he's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't think that, you know, him not being okay was impacting our relationship. There was one time where I was like, is there something that we need to talk about? Because it was literally like right after I had just gotten back from Canada. Yeah. So I was like, is there something that, you know, we need to discuss? There wasn't anything in my mind that was like, you know, oh my God, it's over. Oh my God, he doesn't love me. Oh my God, this. Like, no, it's just like, you know, are you feeling some sort of way? Should we discuss it? Um, And it turned out that he was just having a hard time with some family issues. And, you know, and that's perfectly fine. But, you know, one of, you're right. One of my needs is I... I need to know that people are okay. It's not Mm -hmm. just relationships. I'm the same way with my family. I'm same way with my friends. You know, if, you know, I have friends, like if they're going through shit and I text them and I'm like, are you okay? And they don't answer. I freak the fuck out Yeah, because I'm like, because I go through like the motions of like, oh my God, are they dead? Oh my God, did they get into a car accident? Did something happen? Like, yeah, it's kind of morbid that I think that way. But, you know, it's because I care. It's because I worry and I want everyone that I care about to be safe and happy mm-hmm. and, you know, at peace yeah. and calm and, you know, all the feelings that I don't really feel. Um, <laughs> the opposite of what I feel every day. Lately. Um, but, you know, so it's hard. And I think an important thing is to lay down those needs at the start of the relationship. Yeah. You know, especially with a long distance relationship, you know, having that conversation about, you know, this is what I expect from the relationship. This is what you expect from the relationship. How can we do this together if we want to build something? Yeah. I mean, I don't think a lot of people do that. I think people kind of go into the whirlwind of, 
romance. And that's, that's not really what it is. No. Long distance relationships are not romantic. And this isn't Sleepless in Seattle. No, not at all. And I think that's one of the things that I valued about our relationship was the fact that it wasn't the most romantic relationship. It wasn't, but it was a real relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt I could talk to him about anything. I felt, you know, that I could trust him. I felt like he, you know, cared about me. He loved me. He rooted me on in my recovery. He tried to understand my recovery and my eating disorder to the best of his ability, you know, and he was there. Yeah. And I knew like, you know, even if we hadn't talked for a part of the day, if I texted him and was like, I had a neurologist appointment today, he would respond as soon as he possibly could just to make sure I was okay. Yeah. Because that was something that he cared about was that I was okay. So whereas it wasn't, you know, flowers and candies and candlelit baths and all that shit, yeah. it was real. And that made it better. You know, I, I've never experienced romance. Yeah. Most guys that have bought me flowers bought me flowers because they did something wrong um or were planning on doing, doing something, something wrong yes um so if so if he had given me flowers i probably would have been a little scared um but even like the the tea the teapot yeah like he went into the moroccan grocery store to get stuff for dinner and came out and just kind of tossed it onto my lap and was like here now you can make me real moroccan tea yeah and like even that like it was the cutest thing. Like, I didn't even really know what to say because it just meant so much to me that he would think of something like that. Yeah. You know, it was just random. I mean, I've been making Moroccan tea since my first trip. I make it an obscene amount now that I think about it. I do a <laughs> lot of Moroccan tea. Um, but, you know, the fact that he thought of it really meant a lot. And I think that's something that plays into a long-distance relationship is – I think one of the benefits of a long distance relationship is that you have so much time to talk to each other mm -hmm. that you get to know each other. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he recognized things about my personality that I didn't realize he noticed yeah. like, you know, about like my facial expressions or when I get quiet, it means I'm sad or, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, and a, not only did he recognize it, he appreciated it. Yeah. You know, he said once that, you know, he loved how simple I was, how like, you know, I love the simple things, like the tiniest things can make me so happy and so excited. Yeah. And I think knowing those things about your partner, you learn a lot more in a long distance relationship because mm -hmm. you have that time to communicate and it's not, you know, the whirlwind of it all and, you know, sex every day and, you know, all of that shit and like the honeymoon phase, like yeah. you actually have that time to, to get to know each other. And it's taking advantage of that. So I think mm -hmm. part of, you know, Kyle and I, one of the hardships that we face is that Kyle's schedule is very different. And the job that he works in didn't really allow for that. And I was, you know, teaching at the time. So yeah. it wasn't like we could communicate all the time, but mm -hmm. I would call him every morning when we got up. And I was on my way to school. I would call him every day when I was leaving work, you know, and that kind of became our routine, but that was our routine. Yeah. There was nothing in between that. So when the shift changed with Kyle and I, now I call him first thing in the morning when we wake up and, you know, now he speaks to me, he speaks to the kids. We call him on the way to school. 
and um, now it's throughout the day. So even if he's on opposite schedules where he's on nights and obviously I'm not, um, he will still throughout the night, you know, are you up? And he'll call me. I just wanted to hear your voice. Yeah. You know, and that took a lot to get to that point with him. Yeah. Because he wasn't always open to communicating. That was where communication, it failed in our marriage because he is not a communicator. He does not like being on the phone. He will literally still to this day, 14 years later, I want pizza for dinner and will hand me his phone. Can you call and order it? I'm like, you can't just order it on the app. No, because they don't, they take forever. Like, can you physically call? I'm like, you have a phone in your hand. Can you physically call? Um, so that's a big, that was a big thing for us. And now, you know, when he works nights, he'll text me, even though I'm sleeping and be like, Hey, I just got to the hotel. Just wanted to tell you, I love you. I hope you're sleeping well. Call me in the morning. And it's not that I need the reminder, but it's good to know that you have that reminder because I'm the same way. The minute I don't hear from him, I instantly go to, and mine's for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I instantly go to, you know, he works a very dangerous, he's in a very dangerous field. Yes. And there has been a lot of, especially recently, accidents. Yeah. So the minute I don't hear from him, I immediately start thinking, oh my fucking God, something happened. Yeah, I get that. You know, I've had him where he has said nothing to me and walked through the front door as I'm walking out for work. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, a guy died on the job last night. So the job shut down for 72 hours. And I feel the like panic yeah, radiating through my body. Mm-hmm. And I know he's okay. I'm physically seeing him, but I'm like, what? Yeah. Um, not to, so that's huge. Um, and it must have been harder during the long distance. So it was period. very, very, very hard. So where ours comes into play, Kyle left a month after Madison turned a year old. Yeah. She's now seven. And she'll, she's about to be seven and a half. So he was gone for almost five and a half years. So, um, and, you know, in the beginning, we bought a camper. He moved into a campsite. So every weekend that we could be up there, you knew. Yeah. I was in Orlando. Yep. Because that's where he was at. At the time. Um, every weekend I could be up there. I worked. I was teaching. So any kind of break or long weekend we had, I would pack the car, put Madison in, boom, we would head up there. Christmas break, spring break, all summer. I would literally leave my home, grab the dog, grab her, and we would spend the entire summer with him. Yeah. So, you know, then it started getting to the point after the first year we did it, it was fine. But then it started getting to the point that it got harder to travel. Madison was getting older. You know, she was a lot squirmier. And even though it was only a two and a half hour drive with a three-year-old, yeah. two and a half hours is a long time. Yeah, it is. Um, so traveling with her became a lot. You know, work was tolling on me and having to get off at four o'clock and driving two and a half hours to get up there and then unpack a whole car, get, you know, my toddler at the time settled. And then him coming home and worrying about, oh, my God, I have to do his laundry. Oh, my God, I have to cook for him. Oh my God. And I don't want people that are listening, don't be like, oh, that's what you have to do when you're married. Shut the fuck up. I get that. But, again, this is where that 50-50 relationship comes in. And at that point, 
when I'm up there, I'm tired and all I want to do is just spend time with my little family. Yeah, of course. Um, so it, it got very hard. And then I think the hardest for us was during the pandemic. Yeah. I feel like that took a toll on a lot of people's relationships because, you know, he, at that point was not living in the camper. We had brought the camper back cause we had had a hurricane right before and he just decided, you know, his boss had purchased a bunch of these houses. It was cheaper than putting to pay the mortgage. And you have five rooms to put five guys in than it was to book a hotel room mm-hmm. for 25 guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was staying in a house and it was very hard because, you know, we didn't want to really be around anybody. You know, Madison has an issue with her immune system and she was immune compromised. I had issues with it. And everybody was just on high alert. You know, everything was shut down. So you can't, I'm not going to go up there and, you know, by this time we'd already had David. I'm not going to go up there. I was working from home and sit in a house with two kids where there's nothing for them to do. So I wanted the comforts of our home because we had the two acres for them to run and we could still ride bicycles and four wheelers, you know? Yeah. So there was more to do home. And I think it took a toll because I didn't, you know, during the pandemic, I was not going up there at all and he wasn't able to come home. Yeah. So that is where we hit our biggest hiccup. And that's when, you know, we had spoiler alert. We had the issue with the infidelity. Yeah. Um, So that played a big part into it. We weren't communicating. We were also going through a very nasty custody battle to gain custody of David during that. I was working from home and working until, you know, midnight some nights from six o'clock in the morning until midnight. So I was overstimulated. I'm trying to keep the kids intact. You know, my family was living with me at the time. So that wasn't, you know, an ideal situation. Yeah. Because I felt like there was no outlet. Yeah. And I couldn't just, you know, pack up the car and go away for the weekend with Mm -hmm. the kids because there was nothing to go away to. Yeah. Not that my husband didn't hold value, but again, I had to take other people into consideration. Just like I wasn't opening my door for everybody to come to my house during the pandemic because it was scary. Mm -hmm. still is scary. Um. I wanted to respect those boundaries as well and not, you know, constantly expose the kids or the people that were living with him that exposed, you know, the kids to them. Yeah. Um, so that was really difficult. And I feel like long distance, again, no matter if it's an hour, if it's two hours, if it's a country, nation, whatever, away, states away. Um, it takes a toll. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the point that you have to get through and you have to come together as a couple and decide the toll that it's taking. Are we going to do something about it? Or are we just going to let it take its toll? And is our relationship going to meet its demise? Your situation is completely different because there was no solid reason. Yeah. I didn't really get a say in that. I didn't get to like say my piece or anything. I mean, but when you look at past relationships with Stripper Boy, yeah, um, that was just. I think what I always will say happened between the two of you is 
the distance changed a lot. You were craving things that he was not giving you. He was craving things just because he was a fucking asshole. (laughs) Um, And that's why it met the demise. Because when you guys were good, you were, like, really good. Yeah. Yeah. But when you were bad, it was, like, really bad. Really fucking bad. Yeah. Um, And then when you moved to New York, I was really hopeful that things were going to change. I was, too. That's why I moved there. Yeah. And then when he pulled the shit that he pulled, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember being on the beach for my mini, like, bachelorette before my wedding and us having the conversation. One, this is why I will always ask, what do strippers smell like? Shout out to the strippers. If uh, any of you strip, can you give me a clue? Because, uh, like, is there a perfume that more strippers do you wear? wear pheromones? Like, I don't, I, I don't know. We know our female body and the things that we do, but like, and the background is is that he told us that she smelled like a stripper. Yes. So we were very curious what that meant. And what does a stripper smell like? He never explained it. No. So, um, and then you know, I think at one point I had even made the like invited him to the wedding. I think you might have, but you know, when I moved up there for him you know it was only I think like two weeks into me living there yeah and I hadn't seen him in those two weeks yeah I was living on my brother's couch Mm -hmm. and he called me that day that everything happened and you know he was like come meet me for a drink. And at this time I was, I think like four months sober. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't had a drink and he was like, come meet me for a drink. And he kept like begging me to come meet him. And I was supposed to go to work. Yeah. So I called sick out of work and went to meet him. And he was like, no, you have to stay on the phone with me the entire time. And so the entire train ride to where he was, he sat on the phone with me telling me how amazing his ex-girlfriend was and just like rubbing it in my face the you know, the special bond that they had and blah, blah, blah. And then when we, when I got to him, he was like holding my hand and being nice. And, but then when we got to the bar, I remember we sat down and he ordered two Heineken's and it ended up being him telling me everything he thought was wrong with me, telling me I was a toxic whore and shoving alcohol down my throat and then leaving me in the bar. And I remember falling apart besides the fact that I had moved there for him. Also falling apart because that's just not a way you want to be treated. No. And I honestly like shout out to the bartenders at that bar. You guys were fabulous. Um, And then my, my friend came to get me. And, um, I was like hiding downstairs in the bathroom, like crying. And one of the bartenders was standing outside the door trying to calm me down. (laughs) But you know, like that, that was a long distance relationship though, that I should not have been in. Yeah. You know, like when I first met him, I met him, I think like a year and a half, two years before we started dating. Cause he was my cousin's friend. Yeah. And I remember meeting him at a parkour event when I was visiting New York and I remember thinking, God, he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. And like, that was my first impression of him was like, he was a dick. 
And, but then like two years later, he messaged me on New Year's and was like, hey, happy New Year's. And I was like, okay, random friend of my cousin's is messaging me. Cool, I'll be nice. Yeah. And it just turned into something very. It was very different. Yeah, but not in a good way. No. Like, he's just not, not a nice person. Um, You know, like, I've let bygones be bygones with that because he is my cousin's friend. And, you know, we have spoken since then. I've seen him since then. We We had dinner in New York one time when I was visiting. And it was very nice. Very nice dinner. Expensive as fuck, but very nice. Dude's very bougie. And so am I, let's be real. Um, but, you know, I let it go and I moved on and I moved past it and it was fine. And I think that's, you know, I think that's why everybody in my life right now is having such a difficult time with what I'm going through is because each relationship that I've been in, within a few weeks, I was I was okay. I was, I was functioning. Yeah. And with this, I'm not. No. Like I'm, but it was a different dynamic. And I also feel like it's very hard for people to understand what they haven't been through. Yes. So, you know, we had this discussion about, I won't use a name just because we'll use a pseudonym. Uh, people in my life are not understanding because they have their person. Yes. And I love that for them. I appreciate that. I'm ecstatic for them. They both absolutely 100% deserve to have their person, but I just lost mine. Yeah. And that's not a good feeling. And, you know, there's always this thing that like we weren't together long and no, we weren't. But I saw something the other day that said the heart doesn't know time. It knows feeling. Yes. And I really believe that because the way that I feel for him and the way that I felt when we were together and the way he looked at me and the way we talked and shared and, you know, we're together, like that that was my person like that, Mm -hmm. you know, that really, he was home. Like, you know, for those that don't know me, I have spent a great deal of years trying to find home. You know, I, I, I moved to Florida to get away from a very horrible situation. Um, and Baltimore never felt like home. That place is a shithole. Um, <laughs> Florida has never really felt like home. The The closest thing I've ever had to feeling like home is in Stratford. Yeah. And that's because, you know, that's Shakespeare Amusement Park. And Shakespeare is my greatest passion. And I love Stratford. I'd love to live there. But I didn't know what home felt like until Canada and until being with him. And I felt it from the moment we met, which I never believed in that. I never, I never believed in like, there's a sign that I have in my room that says, uh, home, sometimes home isn't a place. Sometimes it's a person. Yeah. And you know, I've heard that before and I just never, I don't think I ever really believed it. Because, you know, like, I, I always thought, you know, like, I loved New York. Yes. I loved other New York. <laughs> I loved, <laughs> you know, the the people I've dated in Florida. You know, I loved Kevin. Yeah. Um, Kevin was a very different love, though. Because Kevin was the first person I trusted after my abusive relationship. Yes. So he was, he was, he came in at the right time because he was such a good person. Yeah. 
Um, so that was very different. I, I do believe I loved him. And I do believe that in a way I loved all of them. But none of them felt like home. Yeah. And I think that's why they didn't last. I mean, some of them lasted a very long time. I mean, New York and I were four and a half years. You know, the guy here, we were five years. Like, you know, that they, they lasted, but they didn't go the long haul. Yeah. Because they weren't home. And I think that's one of the things that hurts me the most right now is that he felt like home and it didn't last. Yeah. And you miss that feeling. I do. Like, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know how to describe it actually. Like you spend your whole life looking for a feeling that you didn't know if it actually existed. existed. Yeah. And then you get it and you have it and you cherish it and it's amazing and it's so powerful and then it just slips away and it's kind of like, you know, what the fuck? Yeah. And, you know, in all of my breakups, I've always been that person that like, I did something wrong. I wasn't enough. Yeah. I wasn't skinny enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't devoted enough. I didn't love him enough. I, you know, always enough, 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 enough. Yeah. And with him, I, I don't have that. Yeah. Because he always made me feel like I was enough and he always made me feel Like I was cherished and loved and appreciated and beautiful and, you know, desired. And, you know, so even now that it's over and he left and, you know, we're not together and I don't know if we ever will be again, but I, I'm not sitting here crying because I feel like I did something wrong. Yeah. You know, I'm crying and struggling so much because as corny as it sounds, my home, my heart is homeless. Yeah. Like I feel like a part of me is missing and I feel like I finally got to feel that like deep to the core happiness Mm -hmm. that I didn't know was possible for me after all the shit that I've been through. Yeah. I didn't know that was possible until him. Yeah. And not, you know, it's not like people keep telling me like, oh, nobody should be your happiness. He was not my happiness. Let me make that very clear. He was not the only thing that made me happy. I have been working very hard on self-love and appreciating the things that I love about myself and, you know, being happy and being happy for those around me. And, you know, I love my job. I love my family. I love my friends. I love my cats. Um, but it's your home. And I feel like when you have a sense of home, it's your sense of peace. Absolutely. So it's not just tied to happiness. It's just your whole being feeling at peace and safe and calm. And you know, all those things that a lot of my relationships made me feel the exact opposite. Yes. You know, I did not feel safe with a lot of the people I was dating and I, I did not, you know, I did not feel happy. You know, a lot of the people I stayed with out of, some of them obligation, mm-hmm. some of them fear of leaving, mm-hmm. some of them, you know, New York, it was, a lot of it was because of, you know, the fact that he saved my life and, you know, he was my best friend, but we were better as friends yes. than we were in a couple. And we both knew that. And, you know, we took our time apart and took three years without speaking to each other. And now, you know, he has his soulmate, like I said before. And I honestly, as weird as it may sound to some people, I am so happy for him. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, dude, propose already. Like, Well, then I think, you know, too, uh, a big part of that, 
at least for me, was intimacy. Yeah. You know, when you have a different connection with intimacy. So Kyle and I, obviously, when this all started, we had a very young child. Mm -hmm. So very codependent, very mommy dependent. Yeah. Um, Obviously, she was breastfed. She was a booby baby. Yep. Um, So that played a large role because, you know, I've always heard people say, and you didn't, re- you don't realize it. I think until you go through it, to never stop dating your significant other, never stop dating, never stop flirting. Yeah, never like. It's and important. I think I'm sure I'm not alone when I say this. Um, when you become a parent, you lose yourself a little bit. I would think so. Yeah. You kind of fall to you know, you have this little tiny person that. Depends. I mean, I literally Madison depended on me for everything to eat, yeah. to breathe, to, to, for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the only thing I wanted in life was to be a mom. I remember. So our intimacy lacked. You know, it was lacking before he left because we co-slept. Yeah. So you know, it was when we could get it here and there, great. But it wasn't like a forefront of our relationship. Mm-hmm. And then when he left, you know, Madison, she still kind of co-sleeps. Not as much, but it was very hard because, you know, we always had a child in our bed or, and I think, you know, we weren't, I don't want to say fighting for, because I feel like that sounds really shitty when I say it, but we just weren't creative enough, I guess to think about doing things in a different way. Yeah. Kyle, so when we ha- we will have an episode about sex, obviously that's 100% something we definitely want to talk about. Love talking Not about sex. Not just intimacy, but like everything that entails sex. And Kyle is not, sorry honey, he he was not an adventurous person. Okay. So anything outside of like the box of what was normal for him Mm -hmm. did not work. Okay. And then you have me who I'm going to go to hell for talking about this. (laughs) We'll just, we'll leave it as you are more adventurous in location and timing. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. (laughs) I will get so many messages of people listening to this being like, you're rotting in hell. Um, Locations, styles. I, you know, we gotta be creative. I unfortunately was not Kyle's first, but I was his second. Me, on the other hand, I uh, I kind of sipped the Kool Aid a little bit before I had the same penis forever. I mean, I feel like that's important. <laughs> not gonna lie, like kudos to those that wait till marriage. I respect that. I appreciate that. But like, what did somebody say? You gotta test drive the car before you buy it. Yeah, and I just. I feel like sex is important. Like, yeah. besides the fact that, like, it's how, you know, you procreate. Well, But it's I mean, also, like, it's There was downfalls important. to be, you know, being Kyle's only other partner. Mm-hmm. But there were also plus sides. Training. Yes. Yep. So, I mean, but again, you know, in those difficult moments of us being away, intimacy, our intimacy definitely lacked. Yeah. And then, you know... We kind of went through a really rough patch where we weren't really communicating. We weren't really intimate. We weren't, it was just, we were on like the hamster wheel. 
And I think it's because you also take on those identities. Like, yes. you're mommy, he's daddy. And we didn't know and how to separate the two. Exactly. And I think that's an important thing that a lot of parents need to learn, especially with the first child. Yeah. Is, you know, you need to learn that you do still have your own personality. You yes. are still, you know, yes, you're mommy and daddy. And that's obviously your most important role. But you're also husband and wife. Yes. So that was another thing, too. You know, uh, when we went through our rough patch during COVID. Um, again, I am more adventurous. Yep. So I had to think of different ways, you know, sending a sexy picture or phone sex. Yes. Mm -hmm. FaceTiming, you know, putting my kid in her bed, even if I knew she was going to come back in, I still had those couple of hours where she was dead asleep. She was not waking up. Yeah. And we could have, you know, um, flirting, sending a really risque text message to be like, oh, fuck. Or a picture in the middle of the day that you know they're working. I they love have, stuff like that. And they have to open up. And, you know, Kyle, I've done it to Kyle quite a few times. And he'll be like, are you trying to fucking make me crash? Like, <laughs> so that's a huge forefront. And I feel mm-hmm. like when you are in a long-distance relationship, you know, <laughs> so stupid when you say it. But I used to tell him, like, we need to have sex appointments. I feel like that makes sense when you're married and we have need, a kid. Or sexcapades, sex weekends, mm-hmm. you know, when a huge, that turning point for us was, you know, our 10 year dating anniversary. Yeah. We had never really spent a weekend away, just him and I. Yeah. You know, we would do things, just him and I and Madison would be home, but we, I, not so much him, I had a difficult time detaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went away for the weekend for our 10 year dating anniversary and rented, you know, this big luxury hotel suite with like the deep jacuzzi inside the suite. And, you know, and I think it, for me, it was going about, you know, Oh my God, we don't have to be quiet. Oh my God. I can walk around butt naked and we can fall asleep naked after having sex because I don't care who you are. Sorry to my family that's listening. <laughs> um, that's one of my favorite things to do. And when I sleep, I don't like to wear clothes because they're not comfortable. They're constricting. I get that. So, and if I do, it's very minimum. Like I'll sleep in underwear and like a tank top or, you know, like a loose, like cami bra. Yeah. Um, but after, you know, it's so stupid. As Kyle says, after a visit to Pound Town. (laughs) (laughs) Shocking. Um, I don't want to get up and get dressed. Like, I want to fall asleep in my husband's arms. Yeah, I get that. And then maybe repeat the process when we wake up. Naturally. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think that's a big thing. And, you know, being in a long-distance relationship, you have to make – I don't think it needs to be the forefront. Like, that's not – What's your whole relationship? You're just seeing this person just to every time you see them, you're just having sex. Yeah, it's no. fun, but there has to be more to your relationship. Of course. Um, but you also have to find a way to keep it interesting. Yeah. So I think you know intimacy, and it's intimacy isn't just having sex. It's not no. So it could be you know being flirtatious. I was just telling Danielle a story about this the other day where Kyle now within like the last year and a half, two years, two, two and a half years. Yes. Has become very handy when we're out in public. And while I am very adventurous, 
I turn as fucking red as an apple. Yeah. Because he does not give a fuck. <laughs> and I'm like, there's a nun in front of us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a different level. <laughs> so, I mean, oh, prime example. Jesus Christ. My family's going to be like, I'm never listening to your podcast again. Um, we were in Publix the other day. And I was wearing a sundress. The kids are in front of us arguing over getting candy. And I'm screaming, you're not fucking getting any of the candy. Stop. And he literally goes up the back of my dress and just, you know, is like touching my vagina. <laughs> I'm not, and there's no sugar coating that word. No, no, um, there shouldn't be. And I remember turning to him and like being beat red. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, <laughs> I'm like, stop. <laughs> He's like, why? That's mine. I'm like, stop. <laughs> I'm like, the kids are right there. There's a cashier. There's a woman like that's got an elder aide nurse assistant. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to fucking kill this woman. Like she's probably in her nineties. She's probably on her last leg of her life. And she's going to look and see you touching my vagina and she's going to fucking have a stroke. And I'm going to be the reason that she died in public. Or be jealous that you're getting attention. And she's getting- <laughs> I'm not thinking like that, Allie. Um, so that, you know, he's become very ballsy with stuff like that. Good and I'm him. like, you need to stop. There's a time and there's a place. And he's there like, is. I don't give a shit. I'm like, oh, I do. Libraries. They have like, you know, the aisle, stack of books. You can hide behind them. This isn't you. <laughs> I can't do that in a library because now I'm scared that there's a Joe, Joe Goldberg on every fucking aisle peeking through the books. Well, you don't have to think like that. Think of it as like in Friends when Ross goes up to the, to the I think it's like the fourth floor oh and gosh. he goes to the archaeology department or whatever and, you know, everybody's having sex because nobody goes there. Like, yeah. think of it like that. Like, you know, go to the area where no one goes. Where, you know, I mean, go to the Shakespeare area. Nobody goes there. Nobody I mean, cares. That's what I used to do in my younger years. Yeah. Clearly where the location's. I have chosen to not have matter. escapades. Uh, Locations. Did it fucking matter? No matter where, no matter <laughs> when. <laughs> Whole new meaning to our name. Um, but yeah, so he, you know, that's, and that's the intimacy level for us. And now we, you know, we're planning an adult weekend for Labor Day just to go away, just him and I without the kids. You that's know, nice. we've tried to be better with having date nights, even if date mm-hmm. nights consist of him just, and I just going to the store together. Yeah. And leaving the kids and him obviously putting his hands up my fucking dress. <laughs> but um, it's on different levels. You know, physical touch is a part of intimacy. But even, you know, I was telling, I think it was telling my cousin the other day. Um, you, it, when you have a significant other, that is the only thing that separates your relationship. And I heard this on um, another podcast. Uh, my friend Stephanie that I've known since I was in kindergarten, her and her husband have a podcast and she said it best. That is the only thing that separates your relationships. You know, I'm not sitting naked in your bed with you, sipping tea, talking about the different position. You know what I mean? Like we will coffee talk about it, Yeah, but that's literally, you know, she had said, you know, the other day I was sitting there and, you were literally laying on my ass. And I'm like, oh, you and I think she said his name is Kevin or something like that. She's like, you know, you're not playing golf, laying on each other's ass cheeks. <laughs> and it's true. Like yeah. that is what separates you and your significant other. Um, so, you know, it's the little things, you know, to me, 
intimate is when I'm sleeping and Kyle is home and he rolls over in the middle of the night and pulls me into him and is like, yeah, I can't well, allow you to do that. I you know, know what that. I mean? So that's an intimate act to me. Of course. Because I instantly will, you know, you nuzzle into that person and you mm-hmm. smile and you still get the same giddy feeling. Yeah. And it's not him having sex with me. It's just the intimacy of knowing that that person is close and that's, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll do the same to him. There'll be nights that I'll roll over and I'm the big spoon <laughs> and I like rub his head and I'll kiss him, you know what I mean? Or her, and then he'll roll over in his sleep. That's intimacy. Yeah. Um. So it comes in different forms. It's not just the act of having sex. And I think also, you know, part t- types of communication yes. can be intimate. Yes. I remember one of my trips to Canada, we made Moroccan tea. Mm-hmm. Or he did, because he makes it better, because he's Moroccan. Um, But we went into the living room, and he laid on my lap, and we just talked. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked until, like, midnight, 1 o'clock. They call that intellectual intimacy? Yeah. And it was just so nice. I Honestly, I don't really remember what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. But it was just nice being able to just sit there and be able to just talk to him. And yeah. talking to him was always so easy. Yeah. Like, it just, you know, it flowed. And I think the only times that we weren't speaking, you know, outside of physical intimacy was, you know, if I was overthinking or sad about something, yeah. you know, like when he drove me to the train on my last day, I was very quiet. And it's honestly because I was trying not to cry yeah, because I didn't want to leave him. Like, honestly, I had a weekend's worth of clothes and I would have fucking made a way to stay just with those clothes. Yeah. I, you know, I'll go out and buy a whole new fucking wardrobe if it meant I didn't have to leave him. Yeah. You know, and like I did at one point email the only English speaking university in Quebec um, and ask them if they were looking for an English professor or a Shakespeare professor or anything, Um, because I would have moved there to be with him. Yeah. I mean, I've been working on learning French for him, so I'm still doing that. Yeah. Practice my French every day. Um, (laughs) Wee wee. (laughs) I'm not not good at it. (laughs) Um, I even tried learning Arabic. Like, yeah, but that's, that's, you know, that's a whole nother level of difficulty. Um, but you know, like I, I would have moved and that day, like I was just so sad that I was going to have to say goodbye to him. Yeah. And you know, like, so I got quiet and he said something and he was like, why are you being so quiet? And I did the normal female thing. Oh, I'm fine. And he was like, no, he's like, he's like, no, you're not. He's like, you're only this quiet when you're sad. Yeah. And I was like, that's fair. That's a really valid point. And like, you know, and he used to point out, I don't know why he did this, but he used to point out how happy I looked whenever I was there. Like we'd, we'd be sitting at the table and he'd come over and like give me a, a kiss or like rub my shoulders or he always would like sit across from me and like smile at me and like rub my arms or something. Yeah. And he'd always say like, you look so happy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I am. Like, I am happy. And I, I loved that. I loved that form of intimacy with him. Because, yeah. you know, he would, he'd be cooking dinner, or doing the dishes, or doing something. But he took breaks to just, like, come over and give me a kiss. Or yeah. sit down and, like, it may not have been, like, to have a conversation. But just sit down to just, like, look at me. Yeah. And I loved that. I loved the way he looked at me. Like, ah. Oh, 
Like, it was amazing. And, you know, like, I loved that there was, you know, it was something he thought of. I never had to be like, give me a kiss or anything like that. Like, it was just something he did. It was just, it was important to him to show that kind of affection and that kind of intimacy. And, you know, it, it made it special and it made it better. I think when we were apart, mm-hmm. because I was able to think back on those and, you know, and because of the issue with communication, it gave me the opportunity to think of those things and know that, you know, we were talking about the last episode of actions speak louder than words when we were together, his actions showed me that he loved me and that he cared about me and, you know, he desired me. So yeah, the, the communication wasn't that great, but like we said, it's not all about the words. And, you know, I had, I had that shown to me that, you know, and you were having your, your needs, but absolutely. So I think that's important too, is, you know, you have to know going into your relationship and, We've said this about friendships as well. Um, your dynamics change. Yep. Your needs change. Mm-hmm. You know, you have different things that when you grow with a person that you need, that you want. And I think meeting all of those when it comes to a long dis- distance relationship is what makes the difference of, is it going to work? Yeah. So I think that's like the driving force because even when I look back on, you know, when I was with Ray and I was 15, my needs were a lot different. Mm -hmm. You know, I, yes, I still missed him. We, sorry to family listening, but you know, we weren't having sex Mm -hmm. at the time. Yeah. We probably didn't until like a, a year and a half into our relationship. Okay. Um. Then my needs changed, of course, because I'm a 16 year old girl. Yep. Um. So you know things, your needs change, and when you grow with that person, um, I think one of the biggest things in a long distance relationship period is listening mm-hmm. to how their needs have changed as well. Yeah. Because you kind of have to meet in the middle. Yeah. I think compromise is definitely an important part. Yes. You can't, and you know, compromise, you know, like you saying, you're always the one going there. Mm-hmm. There has to be a middle where, you know, maybe you're alternating, maybe yeah. you're alternating the weekends or, you know, the trips or whatever it's going to be. Um, or your responsibilities in your relationship. Maybe you're alternating that. Maybe, hey, you know, I- I'm going to come down there. I'm also going to cook all weekend or I'm going to do, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's a different dynamic and they're fulfilling. Sometimes I feel like when you're constantly listening to that and that's something you're always open to and something you're Mm -hmm. always working on. um, Sometimes they're fulfilling needs that you didn't even know that you needed or you wanted. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think that's a big one. And, you know, that's where I think this one, Canada, was very different for you Mm -hmm. Um, because you were met halfway 
your needs were being fulfilled and his actions did speak louder always than his words. Yeah. And, you know, he would correct, like you said, he would correct something. If you, you know, you made mention that it bothered you, Mm -hmm. he was very quick to turn it around and correct it. Yeah, it didn't always stay that way. No. But he at least, I I know The attempt was, was there. Yeah, I know he was trying. And I also know that, like, it was difficult for him because yeah. it's not what he's used to. No. And to be fair, like, I am not your normal partner. Yeah. You know, like, I, I'm not, you know, ranging from the needs that I have and also ranging from my background and ranging from, you know, my empathy. And I'm just, I'm not your normal person. Yeah. Friend, partner, sibling, child, doesn't matter. Like, I'm just not, I, I see things differently. I feel things differently. Yes. Um. So I get it. I get that it was very different for him. Um. But I think something that's important for long distance relationships and frankly, any relationship is the balance between being selfish and selfless. Yes. Because for me, and it, you know, for me, it's, it's a balancing thing too, because I am way more selfless yes. than I am selfish. And he was definitely more selfish than he was selfless. And I understand that knowing his background, knowing his relationship background and everything and him explaining it to me. Yeah. So I, I get it. But there needed to be a little bit more of a balancing act for Mm -hmm. that. And, you know, like, I hope we get that chance. I I hope he comes back. um, Because even with him being gone the last two weeks, like, I still very much believe in him. I still very much believe in us. And I love him very, very much. And um, it's been very hard. And I, I hope we have the opportunity to do that balancing act and to, you know, learn from each other. And I, cause I think that was one of the most special things about him was it's the first time that I was with someone that not only that I admire, mm-hmm. um, but someone that inspires me. And that is really special to me. Yeah. You haven't had a whole lot of that. No. You've always been the one inspiring. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate that. And I've been told that. And, but it was nice to be with someone so dedicated and so focused and determined and passionate and just, you know, he was just such a different type of person Yeah, and just such a, you know, a good person. And I, I remember texting him once and being like, I think I'm too honest and he's like, why? And I told him, like, I don't remember what it was, but it was something like, I think someone, oh, I was at Chipotle and they gave me an extra cup that I didn't pay for. Yeah. So I gave it back. And the woman looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, but that's the right thing to do. Yeah. And that was his exact response. You did the right thing. Yeah. He's very a very honorable, honest, loyal, respectful person. And, you know, it was just a nice change. Yeah. You know, From like. you're used to. Yeah. And it was just, even friend-wise, it was just a nice change. Not yeah. all my friends are like that either. Yeah. Um, but he was just, you know, he's special. And, you know, if he, if he doesn't come back, sucks. But I do still, you know, I cherish that. I yeah. cherish that. 
I was able to have that and be treated the way that, you know, I deserve to be treated. Mm -hmm. And he really showed me a different type of respect and a different type of appreciation than I ever thought was possible. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. So long distance relationships, if it is not for the weak, Mm -mm. it is not for the needy. It is not for the sex addicts. No. Um, but with the right person, it is absolutely worth it. Yes. And you have to go into it knowing so if anybody's mm-hmm. listening that's going mm-hmm. into a long-distance relationship, dealing with a long-distance relationship, I think looking at those four values that we talked about, you yeah. know, missing the person immensely, how much do you miss them? If you're finding yourself going through the day not thinking about them, you probably don't miss them. Valid. Um, communication. How often are you communicating? And what's the communication like? And what is the communication like? Is the person going cold? Is the person going rogue? Is... You know, are you finding it where it's just a hamster wheel of communication, the basic conversation of good morning, good night, and really nothing in between? Mm -hmm. Um, Or are you having in-depth conversations and talking about life and your day and the things that are going on and exploring those? Intimacy, again, not just having sex, but the acts of intimacy Um, and your wants and your needs. Are you addressing that in your relationship and are you listening to each other on what, you know, you you want out of your relationship and mm-hmm. what you need out of your relationship? So I think looking at those, you know, again, Ali and I's situations are very different, but I feel like those four things really can tell you if you're, well, it'll tell you if it's going to work and two, you will know with those four if you're willing to put in the work to make it work. Absolutely. Those four things will definitely tell you, honestly, if the person's worth it. Yes. You know, like with Canada, he 100% was worth it. Yeah. And, you know, even if he does come back and, you know, it doesn't last again, he would still be worth it. Yeah. Because all those four things were values that I think were there and appreciated and worked on. And I was, I was, and am willing to fight for that and to wait for that because he showed me he was worth it. So if you're in a long distance relationship or contemplating a long distance relationship, you have to really determine if the person is worth it. Do they have the qualities that are important to you? You know, it took me a long time to figure out what those qualities were. You know, I had to go through a lot of really shitty relationships to find out what I didn't want. Yes. In order to find out what I not only do want, but what I do deserve. And if you are with someone or contemplating being with someone that does not meet those needs and that does not fit what you deserve then they're not the person you should be fighting for for a long-distance yeah. relationship. And it's not all the good heart mm-hmm. moments of, oh, my God, they sent me flowers. Oh, my God, they came to surprise me to visit. It's in those difficult moments, too. Absolutely. That really shows and defines the relationship is how you get through those difficult moments. If you moments. can't navigate through the difficult moments while you are separated, the minute you guys get to be together and the long distance is no longer a factor – 
it's not going to work because you didn't know how to get through the difficult moments when you were apart. Because I will tell you, sometimes having those difficult moments, it can be harder when you're apart, but it can also be harder when you're together because you're not used to the dynamic of getting through it with that person physically there with you. But I think also getting through it long distance kind of makes you stronger when yes. you're when you're in person yeah. because you know you got through that hard time even through the distance. So it's kind of getting through a doubly hard time. Yes. Um, so that when you're together, it's kind of like, yeah, it's difficult. I'm, I'm, I'm relearning a new dynamic mm-hmm. or an old dynamic, but I know we're strong enough to get through this. Yes. And it, I feel like that belief in your relationship is important. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I think we're going to leave it at that because it's been an hour and a half. I guess we had a lot <laughs> a to really, say. Really hard-hitting topic for us. Um, but, you know, tune in uh, and we will be back on yeah. another episode talking about. that stuck around for this, uh, thanks. And, yeah, on we move to the next episode. Yep. Live long and prosper.